Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Wednesday morning, the middle of the week, the 22nd of February 2023. My name, Daniel Pedro. We're broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN 693 in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Hope you're all well for your middle of the week. Looking forward to the next hour. All before Vossi and James Magnuson this morning for Breakfast Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of Vossi and and James before uh, you'll get Patton Heels from 6 a.m. local time. one 1170 As I say, the open line number, you can text 0457 736 736. Coming up on this show today, in around about 15 minutes, we're going to do what we normally do on a Wednesday and cross down to Matty Cox. He's the host of Tradies News in a Nutshell in Melbourne. And we'll have a chat with him and see uh, what exactly is making news in Melbourne. We'll talk about some of the Big issues in sport this week. So looking forward to doing that uh, for you in about 15 minutes time from now. And taking all your texts and calls anytime, 0457 736 736 or one 1170 Don't forget, anyone that does call the open line this morning will get a Makita prize pack. So jump on the line and have your say, one 1170 Now we are only eight days away from the start of another NRL season. Uh, A bit of talk about how the NRL season launch has been scrapped. We'll talk about that in a little while. But uh, obviously it's dominating along with the cricket. There's a lot of cricket headlines as well. Uh, A week away from the third test. And tomorrow on the show, we'll talk to Andrew Menzel, uh, Menas from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. So we'll get to cricket in a second. Let's start uh, with rugby league. And uh, a bit of talk about this on uh, social media yesterday and uh, not confirmed, but pretty much looks like he is going to be uh, confirmed. Mitchell Moses, a lot of talk about whether he was going to go to the West Tigers, whether he was going to stay at the Parramatta Eels. We've had this discussion a few times on this show as well about um, whether he, he would be better for his future to win a competition before he retires, whether it would have been better for him to go to the West Tigers or to stay at the Parramatta Eels. Well, he is set to end months of speculation over his future and sign a new deal with the Parramatta Eels, of course, last year's grand finalist. He's poised to knock back a four-year, $5.2 million offer deal from the West Tigers to tie his future to the Eels on a long-term basis. The halfback, as we know, has been considering his future since he became a free agent on the 1st of November, meeting with both the Tigers and the Bulldogs as he weighed up whether to remain at the Parramatta Eels. Canary pulled out of the race, as we know, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's 28 years old, Mitchell Moses. Uh, has an option in his contract with Parramatta for 2024 that he has until the 1st of April to trigger. However, instead of that, the New South Wales representative will sign an upgrade and extension deal that will likely see him finish his career in the blue and gold. As of last night, Moses had not yet put pen to paper with the Eels, but sources with knowledge of the negotiations speaking under the condition 
of um, not being revealed due to the uh, confidential nature of the deal, said to the Sydney Morning Herald, and it is on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald today, that Moses had made up his mind and wants to stay at the Eels. Uh, around $1.25 million a, con- a season over the course of his new contract, making him one of the highest paid players in the NRL, alongside the likes of Nathan Cleary and Kalen Ponga. So again, not done and dusted. Same deal as when we were talking about Dom Young to the Roosters yesterday, but looking very likely that Mitchell Moses will be staying at the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Parramatta fans, you happy with that? I expect you would be. Although a lot of talk about over the past few weeks, who would you rather lose? If you had to lose one of them, would you rather lose Mitch Moses or would you rather lose Dylan Brown? Uh, Obviously, you'd rather keep both of them. Uh, Dylan Brown has age on his side, but I still maintain Mitch Moses is a very, very important part of that Parramatta real side. Um, You can see what he could do. and Look, he is to an extent criticised and maligned a bit. But he's a very good player, Mitch Moses. When he's playing his best footy, he's vital to that Parramatta side. So I think Parramatta fans, on the whole, will be happy to see Mitchell Moses staying at the Parramatta Reels. And West Tigers fans, are you upset about Mitchell Moses not going to your team? They're building what seems to be something pretty good at the West Tigers. And you feel that Mitchell Moses would have been potentially the icing on the cake. Uh, However, they're going to have to look elsewhere for that. But... Good news for the Parramatta Reels if it is confirmed over the next couple of days that Mitchell Moses will be staying at Parramatta. Uh, He's another one of those players that got away from the West Tigers um, and almost it seems that he's gotten away a second time. You have to wonder what the Tigers would look like now if they had kept the majority of the big three, as they called them, or one other of them. If they'd kept James Tedesco, if they'd kept, kept Mitchell Moses, where would the Tigers be now? Would they have had the years, the past few years that they have had. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Who is the saddest uh, you have been to see a player leave your club? 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Of course, in the case of James Tedesco, obviously ended up at the Roosters, but he was almost going to Canberra uh, before he ended up going to the Roosters. So who's the player that got away from your club? 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. It doesn't have to be rugby league, it could be any sport. The player that got away from your club, 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. And is it a good deal for Parramatta and Mitchell Moses? In my opinion, it is. But what about you? 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. We'll get back to more NRL news shortly, but the other. Big talking point of the week has been cricket. Uh, it's probably been the biggest talking point of the week. Now, we know that Pat Cummins came home uh, the other day due to a serious family illness. Uh, he is expected to be due back for that third test. We wish everyone all the best in that situation. But David Warner is now leaving India as well, as we thought about 24 hours ago when we first reported it, to recover from a fracture to his elbow. There are not plans to bring him back before the end of the series. So we know he was subbed out of the second test after being struck in the arm and the head, but the blow to the limb has proven uh, the most troublesome. Now, there's a strong chance uh, with Cameron Green coming back in and Travis Head already uh, making something of a start as a Warner substitute that no one will be called up. Matthew Renshaw would go out of the side and be the spare batsman in the squad 
Josh Hazelwood has also been sent home to recover from an Achilles injury, which kept him from the first two tests. Uh, Steve Smith has also flown out of India to meet his wife, while others left Delhi um, on Tuesday. Uh, Warner's wife and three children had joined him in Delhi ahead of the family period for players and will be with him on his way home today. Now, the opener has been a constant at the top of the order as 13 batsmen have come and gone at the uh, at the other end. Uh, he has played 103 tests, uh, scored of in excess of 8,000 runs. Uh, Matthew Hayden said he's not finished yet, but there is now, I think, strong talk outside of that double hundred he got in the Boxing Day test a couple of months ago in Melbourne. He's been struggling for a while now, Dave Warner. And we talked about this with Andrew Mansell. Alan Border was on with Vossi and Brandy at the end of last week as well. How much longer does Dave Warner have left? And I know I got a text through the other morning saying, look, does Dave Warner, if he continues to fail, does he go on the Ashes tour? Now, obviously, he's been injured, so we won't know. Uh, what would have happened if he had batted in the second innings and then played these next two test matches? I would still expect him to be named in the squad. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't for the Ashes tour in a couple of months. But is it the end for Dave Warner? Or do you see him fighting back? And should we be making that call or should he be making that call in the near future? Or do you give him an Ashes tour after all he's done at the top of the order for Australia? It's going to be an interesting story to watch over the next few months as we head into the Ashes Tour. one 1170 our open line number, or 0457-736-736. And who has been the saddest retirements of all time? Um, who left on top and who didn't leave on top? 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. So Mitchell Moses, good idea, bad idea for the paramedials to keep him. Uh, all parties concerned, I think it's a good one. And who is the player that got away from your club for whatever reason? And David Warner, should he be retiring or will he go on the Ashes Tour and the saddest retirements for all time? That's just a bit of what's on our agenda this morning. Heaps of other news. We'll get to that Shortly, but on the other side of this, we're going to have a chat with Matty Cox in Melbourne, host of Tradies News in Melbourne. It's 10 past five in New South Wales, 10 past four in Queensland. Break and back with more. Yes, we'll get to your texts shortly back to some of the news of the day, including Graham Arnold thinking the Socceroos are a chance to beat England in that friendly at Wembley. We'll talk about that uh, shortly. 0457 736 736 is our text number, or you can call 1300 01 1170. Let's have a chat to Matty Cox in Melbourne. A very good morning to you, Dan Pettigrew. Morning to you, Manny. Nice bit of music. How are you on this yes. fine Wednesday morning? Yeah, little, let's look over that. <laughs> Given that I've already said it's Tuesday once in the first oh, really? ten minutes. Well, we're, um, we're d- flying. Don't worry. Last Tuesday, I think at the end of the show, I said have a great Wednesday. So that you know, well, it, <laughs> does it to, really matter what day it is? No, no, it's a weekday. That's yeah. that's all we need to know. And we're here yes. at work. Yes, the alarm's gone off, and yes. at least we've arrived. It could, could be worse. Could be worse. Could, could be a lot worse, actually. I've never done that. Not in the 18 or so months here. I've not slept through my alarm yet. Well, cue for the next week, because generally when you put that out into the universe, it'll probably happen. Yes, this is this is true. And then uh, they'd have to get uh, you on, and uh, all my listeners would love listening to you for the hour. So that so it wouldn't <laughs> be a bad thing. 
sure they'd love all the AFL news oh, that, yes. off here on love it. News in Melbourne. They'd absolutely love it. Beat a big week <laughs> at the AFL as well, I <laughs> hear. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a pre-season without a little bit of controversy, would it? Mm. Um, you're referring to the uh, Jack Ginnivan situation with Collingwood, no doubt. Mm. It's it's a curious story because it's it's generated, usually with these sorts of issues, it's heavily condemned. Mm. Like the, the, the optics of the situation and obviously the conduct of the player itself. But this time around, I feel as if the... The attitude is a bit more mixed than what it usually would be. And even uh, seeing some of the, the sentiment over the last couple of days on the old uh, 40 Winks temper text as it is down here, mm. um, it just seems as though that there's, there's almost a tolerance for the way that he acted. There's not, there's, the, the hardest part for me is that you've got a young player who dominated the headlines last year. So for context for those of your audience that may not know, he, he came to prominence last year after there mm-hmm. were a few media comments made by, uh, well, I think it actually started in round one last year where Collingwood had a great win and Ginevan took a, a GoPro out onto the ground and was filming and celebrating and he was... Uh, Put under the microscope by Kane Corns, and anyone who knows that name knows the, how much the volcano can go <laughs> off, um, and particularly with uh, these sorts of issues. And then there was a, a bit of back and forth. Kane dyed his hair to, to match Jack Ginnivan as a bit of a joke. So there was a bit of banter that unfolded. The controversy around his um, movement during a tackle was also a big contentious point last year and the rules were changed mid-season and then there was mm. greater focus on uh, how Jack went about playing the game, particularly when receiving a, a high free kick or in the back half of the season, it seemed as though he wasn't receiving high free kicks, um, which again created more contention and talking points. Had a brilliant season when you put all that aside. Mm. It came to prominence. He's come off the rookie list. So it's a, it's a, it's a a great story. And then you, you find out about this on Saturday night. It was only made aware to the Collingwood Football Club, if you read the reports by the Seven Network, who obtained the footage that was shot of him in a toilet cubicle. Mm. Uh, it, it, and that in itself is a, is a different conversation as mm-hmm. well. But off the back of that, it, it he's been very contrite, he faced the media, you know, apologising, wants to turn back the, the respect of his teammates, etc., etc. But the conversation is, rather than, rather than be on the, the behaviour itself, it's more so being about the responsibility that the player takes. Particularly, this was during a, well, at the end of a training camp. Mm. And for me... The, the big question out of that is that you, you got a team in Collingwood that was a step away from a grand final last year. They've had so much good news and they've got so much to look forward to if they get things right in 2023. Mm. And this is the attitude of one particular player about, you, you'd think if you were on the edge and th- this would come to any sport mm. and no doubt you've got examples in, in the NRL about, just doing the little things yeah. to obtain success and just getting everything right. 
and this this is a this is a part where where unfortunately Jack and and maybe to a greater extent the Collingwood Football Club have fallen down. Yeah, and Matty, you see it with uh, in any sport, uh, but it's quite just NRL, AFL. Uh, you see it with all the successful teams that. of the time, the teams that are at the top of the competition and have been for a long time in sport here in Australia and sport overseas, they very rarely have any off-field issues. Now, they may have one in a blue moon, but that is once and when that happens, that is very quickly dealt with and and it's moved on um, and they managed to handle it quite well. Um, A lot of these off-field things may prove not to be a distraction once the actual season begins but there is something to be said about those top teams with good coaches good management um, and successful for a very long time seem to avoid a lot of these off-field scandals they do and then by extension when they do have to encounter there's there's a stand that is made Mm. by the club the leadership group the coaches whoever's involved in that conversation there's a there's a there's a pretty emphatic statement that he's made to go. Hey, you've let us all down here, mm. and you've got to you've got to earn your place back. And I think that's the other part to this equation. Jack's received essentially a four match ban. He's going to miss the the match simulations that we've got this weekend, which aren't a real uh, contest. Mm. The you know teams are playing off against each other, but it's altered periods they're calling them altered turns there's like six or seven in that go for 20 or 15 minutes it's it's very confusing and it's all different it's sorted out between clubs so you can't really count that as a match Mm. there's a practice match next weekend which he he can't participate Mm. in and then he's going to miss the first two rounds of the home and away season there's a, a suspended fine involved we've heard from the collingwood football club that his contract is heavily reliant on match payments at the moment. So the, there's the, the financial component of it, but there's still this this feeling is, is it enough to make a stand, not only on the, the behaviour that was displayed, but the fact that it was at the end of a training camp and, and probably the fact that from what you read, the, the, mm. the football club wasn't made aware of it until last week. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it seems to be a bit of a messy story, and it'll be interesting. You say Collingwood were uh, very good last year. It'll be interesting to see what effect, if any, it has to the start of their season proper in a few weeks' time. It will, it will, and there's a, a bit of a competition for the, his role in the team too as a small mm. forward, so that there's all sorts of levels of intrigues and conversations which have spiralled as a result of what unfolded late last week. Now, I want to turn the focus back to your competition mm-hmm. because yes. while it's not as scandalous probably mm-hmm. as what's unfolded in the last week in the AFL, but this this uh, CBA <laughs> agreement, yes, we've spoken about it for the last, well, it's now three, three weeks three we've weeks, mentioned yeah. it. This morning I read that the official season launch has been scrapped mm. because they, they want to focus does that really do anything in this situation? And does this, is it becoming as ugly as what we thought it could? It's an interesting one, Matty. I know we've spoken about it over the past few weeks, since you returned from your holiday, uh, just by the way. Um, how, yeah. However... Just squeezed it in before your next one. Yes. yes uh, no, not for another five or six, please. Uh, however, look, it is an interesting one. Look, we, we have been talking about it, not just me and you, but talking about it on the show. It... it <laughs> 
it's funny because probably about four, five, six weeks ago, a lot of the general public were buying into it when there was a lot more talk of strike action. Um, and, and as I said to you, I think it was last week, that there was talk that in the first week of the preseason challenge, which was down the cut now a couple of weeks ago, that there was talk that there was going to be uh, no interviews had covering the NRL logo. That never happened. Nothing like that ever happened. And they seem to have done a deal last week. It seemed to have looked like with the NRLW, which is good. However, as you say, the season launch has been scrapped. Um, it's funny, though, because I reckon every day we get an article uh, over the past few days that we are very close to getting a deal done, very close. Peter Volandi has, has stepped in. They're in talks all week. Now, I have no doubt they are in talks all week. Um, I'd be very surprised if they weren't. Um, but until a deal is done, all these articles can be written that we're almost over the line. Until it's done, I don't think anyone is going to... Uh, really believe it because we've seen these articles over the past few weeks. Then the RLPA, uh, the Rugby League Players Association, come out uh, on Twitter a few hours later and then clear up what was written in these articles. So it's hard to know really what to believe at the moment. But I suppose the one thing that we do know, Maddie, is that we're eight days away from the start of the season. The season proper kicks off next Thursday night. Um, now, at this stage, there is uh, no talk about strike action for round one, which is good. But as I've said to you a few times and on my show a few times as well, I think we just need to get this sorted because I think from a general public point of view, everyone is just sick of hearing about it and they just want some football on the field. So it really needs to get done for the NRL, for the RLPA, but also just from a fan's point of view as well, because it's been dragging on uh, for far too long. How likely is it then that it will get done? Well, everyone says, uh, well, most people say it will get done. Everyone's like all the articles being written saying it's only days away from being done. But I, I, honestly, I don't know. From my understanding, uh, the, the CBA, an updated CBA, wasn't actually done last year either. And they just continued on the old one from years ago. So who knows? I think it really depends who you talk to. Uh, the NRL are obviously keen to have it done. I think Andrew Abdo uh, came out and said the other day that they had been very positive talks. The RLPA been fairly quiet over the past few weeks. Uh, so who knows is the honest answer, but they are apparently in meetings all this week. So maybe by the time we talk this time next week, it might be done. But honestly, this, this story has been going on. Really since, uh, Matty, honestly, since the Rugby League World Cup last year, that's when it really first surfaced. And that began in, what, November of last year. So we're now in February, uh, late February. It's, yeah, been ongoing and it really does need to get sorted. And hopefully it will. But the honest answer is we'll just have to wait and see. Is it a blight on this administration on the NRL that can't get it? And for that matter, the Players Association, that they haven't been able to find common ground for what, not only just this, this later period, but from what you're suggesting for the last year or two, if, if they haven't been able to progress the CBA agreement, the, the previous one, this, this is a, this is a mess. Yeah. Well, Peter Volandis is an interesting figure in amongst rugby league fans. Everyone thought he did. Well, most people thought he did a fantastic job during the COVID uh pandemic when it was the height of it when we were all in lockdown and if you remember which you will uh the nrl the afl shut down after the first couple of weeks of the season in 2020 and then uh, the nrl under peter volandi's got the competition back up and running basically before any other sport in the world which was a tremendous achievement by uh, volandi's in the nrl 
uh, team. Since then, though, there's been a lot of rule changes. Uh, some have been good, some have been bad. Um, and some people love Peter Volandis. Uh, some people really uh, don't like him as the head of the NRL. That happens, I suppose, with most people in those kind of jobs. For what it's worth, I think he's done a decent job. I don't think he's doing a bad job. But this does need to be sorted. But it is interesting as well, Maddie, that in one of the articles that was printed, I think it was earlier on in this week, uh, talking about Peter Volandis and his involvement uh, in these talks between the NRL and the RLPA, um, is that he hasn't actually been, if we're to believe, and obviously we're not in the room, but he hasn't actually been really that heavily involved in these talks. It's been more uh, Andrew Abdo um, and the RLPA members, Clint Newton, the CEO of the RLPA, and a few players who represent uh, the RLPA. So, yeah, I don't know if it's a blight on the management as such, but... As I say, it is going to be a major, major distraction if on Thursday next week, yes, we'll be talking about the football on the field and looking forward to the first round of the season and the first game of the season. But if this story is still around, it will still dominate the papers. So it really needs, I would say more, and look, obviously the players want to get it sorted, but from just a publicity point of view, a PR point of view, it, it needs to be sorted. And they've got eight days to sort it. Let's see if they can do it. Yep, the race is on. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, how's your um, how's your sweep shot? <laughs> well, I don't play it as often as the Australian cricket team do, so uh, probably you probably you probably practice more than what they do, though. I, I probably do, and it probably can't be as bad as some of those shots we saw on uh, the oh, weekend. Gee, that horrible. That, that was awful. That that was awful. Dave Warner now going home as well. I I just fail to see how they turn things around in a week's time before the next test in which begins next Wednesday. Particularly when the match was in our grasp, mm. we we had control. If not, we're ahead mm. for a portion of the second test, and it all crumbled beneath our feet. Mm. And that that. That's where I – are we going to be able to come back to that? You can talk about team selection and, and what the eleven's going to look like and who's being sent home and who's going to come over as cover, but how do you regain confidence from a team that was already shattered after the first test, mm. entered this series with an abundance of confidence out of a, a strong domestic summer, even though we know the quality of the opposition wasn't quite there – but their confidence has been battered and bruised. And I just don't know how they regain that now. It's going to be very hard. Greg Alexander. It can't be swept under the carpet. Yeah. Greg Alexander. <laughs> very well done. Uh, Greg. It went over your head. <laughs> no, 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 it didn't. Almost did at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, Greg, 4.30 in Queensland. Uh, Greg Alexander, a co-host of The Breakfast Show, he was in the studio yesterday saying that he believes that Australia will win one of the next two test matches. I don't know if I agree with him. Look, there's been a lot of uh, turnarounds in sport in a very short period of time, but I just, I don't know, I can't see it happening. We'll wait and see, though. It may happen, but uh, I'd be very surprised. Just before I let you go, very quickly, Ange Postacoglu, I know Andy Marr had a bit to say on SEN in Melbourne, um, of course, done has done so well with Celtic. Looks like he could let, end up at Leeds United as the manager after they got rid of their last manager uh, at the beginning of last week. It's an interesting one, isn't it, Matty, in terms of football and the big names that have come from Australia to go and play in England over many, many years. But Ange Postacoglu has to be one of the most successful names in Australian football history, you'd think. If he, if he claims that position, then yes. Mm. You, and it makes it even harder to swallow what unfolded 
with the Socceroos and how that all ended and the the angst that still is simmering between Ange and Football Australia because mm. you, we, it again it was in the grasp of our hands. Mm. This 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 coach that he. he if he goes on and obtains any sort of success, mm. I mean, he's already the the reaction and the response to what he's achieved already at Celtic. Mm. Uh, Celtic. If he does something similar in the in the Premier League, mm. that that's just extraordinary. Yeah, I, it would be, and I'll, I'll just say it this. Would, yeah, would it, so, sorry. Would it be a bigger feat? And you're closer to this. You're closer to the round ball game than what I am. Would it be a bigger feat if he was to go over and successfully coach? And I don't mean win a title mm. or that, but at least be competitive than what it has been to send footballers over there? Well, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Because uh, you look at Harry Kuehl, Tim Cahill in the past and how what they have done, not just, uh, well, well, yeah, for Australian football um, and, inter- and international football. But I think it would be because I don't think... And I don't know, but I don't think there'd be many managers in Australia, with all due respect to all the managers that are managing football in Australia, that um, could do what Ange has done. And it would be a big test uh, in the English Premier League, in particular with Leeds, if they are actually to go down. I don't know if then uh, he would then uh, join them or not. But it is interesting, Matty, and I'll leave you on, on this note, that when I was in Glasgow a few months back, we were in a pub having a drink, of course, drink responsibly, and we were getting up out of our seats. Um, and a guy came over and said, oh, can we sit there? Uh, and I said, yep, sure. And they said, you're from Australia, aren't you? And I said, yes. And he said, I'm a big Celtic fan. Are you, do, you lo- do you know Ange? Uh, not personally, obviously, but do you know Ange? He's just been doing a great job. We all love him over there, all the Celtic fans. You wouldn't get that in many places, Matty. So he's made an impact in the Scottish Premier League. He could probably do the same at Leeds. And he didn't get that at the start of his reign either. No. It just goes to show how it's turned the tide as well. Yes, exactly, exactly. Sorry, Vossi is dropping off my orange juice this morning, which is just, it's great. Do you get that in Melbourne? Do you get that? No, no, Gaz, we're on separate floors here in Melbourne, so Gaz and Tim are downstairs. No, Mm. if Vossi's got a spare orange juice, I'd love one, actually. Yeah, he can can, can get to Melbourne and back in 26 minutes. There's no dramas at all. Exactly. High-speed train or something. Matty, just (laughs) remember, maybe one day, just remember (laughs) it's uh, Wednesday today. Yes, thank you, Dan. No worries. uh, just try not to miss your alarm this week. No, I won't. We'll, we'll, we'll speak next week. We will. Have might a good be a holiday then. Bye-bye. No. <laughs> uh, Matty Cox in Melbourne talking all things sport, and we will talk to him next week. He is host of Tradies News in Melbourne. It's interesting about that Ange Postacoglu thing. So Andy Ma, who uh, is on SEN in Melbourne, uh, said yesterday that he will that Ange Postacoglu will leave Celtic at the end of the season and most likely take a Premier League job with Leeds the front manager. So Celtic is currently nine points clear on top of the Scottish Premier League and on track for a second consecutive title. We know Leeds are without a manager. They're sitting 19th, which is 19 points. They're two points from safety. Uh, so we'll see what happens there over the next few months in terms of Leeds. Um, but uh, if... Uh, Leeds do get Ange Postacoglu. It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens. He's been very good with Celtic. Um, I suppose the critic, no, criticism is probably the wrong word, but I, pro- I suppose the question mark, I suppose, with the Scottish Premier League is that, and look, the English Premier League is like that too, but he is at a top club with Celtic. If he went to join Leeds, if they do stay in the Premier League, or even if they do go down to the Championship, look, he may still join them. 
Um, it would probably be his toughest task so far in his coaching career. But I think he is, at the moment, undoubtedly the biggest name of in football in the world. Now, I could – in Australian name of football, not the biggest name, but the biggest Australian name in the world in terms of the round ball game. I'm not an expert, so maybe you can disagree with that. Harry Suter as well, of course, has made uh, a lot of waves over the past few months as well. But what do you reckon? Would Ange Postacoglu succeed in the English Premier League? As Matty said, maybe not win a title, but still um, maybe improve a team like Leeds who are struggling at the moment. Would you back him to do that? 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. And just on football before we take a break, and then I promise I'll get to uh, your texts there on 0457 736 736. Uh, the Socceroos and also the Matildas are going to be playing at Wembley. Uh, in a couple of months' time. Now, their coach, Graham Arnold, says the Socceroos are fully capable of replicating uh, what they did 20 years ago by upsetting England at Wembley Stadium um, so long as they meet the benchmarks they set for themselves in the World Cup a couple of years back, uh, a couple of months back. Uh, he was the assistant coach then when Frank Farina was coaching when Australia won 3 1 over England in 2003 at Upton Park and now believes they can do it again. It'd be interesting. Uh, look, I watched all of the Football World Cup from England um, and it was an interesting viewing watching Australia play so well. And England, of course, got a bit further than Australia in the World Cup, but only, uh, I think, one step further and then, or two steps further, and then uh, lost to France. Um, and the reaction over there at the time wasn't as harsh as I thought it was going to be, actually. But um, it'll be interesting to see if Australia... Can do that. 0457-736-736 is the text number. one 1170 So they're just some of the things we're talking about this morning. I will get to your text in a moment. Mitch Moses staying with the Parramatta Eels. Good decision for him. Good decision for Parramatta. And the players that got away, the one that got away in terms of sporting teams. David Warner, is he going to retire or not? Should he retire? Should he be left out of the tour to England for the Ashes in a few months? And the saddest sporting retirements and Ange Postacoglu. Uh, could he improve a Premier League team? Could he succeed in a Premier League team? And the greatest upsets of all time. Plenty there. 0457 736 736 1300 01 1170. The open line number to your text and some more news in just a second. It's 21 and a half minutes to 6, 21 and a half to 5 in Queensland. You are. Good to have your company on this Wednesday morning. Don't forget Fossey, uh, not Brandy, James Magnuson coming up after 6am. Patton Heels for the Queensland listeners uh, will be along with you at 6am local time. So you'll get the first hour of Vossi and Brandy. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Don't forget we're here for Makita. Serious outdoor work requires serious outdoor tools. And Makita helps you rule the outdoors. 0457 736 736 or open line 1300 01 1172. Some texts here. Um, this from Alan Belford-Jones, so I probably should have pre-read it, but I will. Uh, good morning, Mr. Nutshell Daniel. Early start today. It is very early, isn't it? Although you, you do tend to text every morning. Anyway, uh, I'm listening to you this morning uh, from uh, the Southport Fitness uh, first mid-workout on the treadmill. Uh, enjoying getting uh, some exercise. Have a great show and day, young man. Uh, thank you, Alan Belford-Jones. Very nice text uh, from Alan. Regular listener here to SEN. Uh, this bit more serious from the Green Keeping Rooster. In terms of Dave Warner, uh, morning, Dan. The worst possible thing to happen to Dave Warner's retirement decision was him getting the 200 in Melbourne. 
Personally, they should have said to him, Sydney will be his last test. He should retire now or Cricket Australia selectors need to make the tough call and not pick him for the Ashes. That from the green keeping rooster. Well, as I said, we will have Andrew Mensel, Menas from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast on uh, the show tomorrow morning. So we'll have a chat with him about that. Uh, but there was a text last week uh, in my show saying, would you be selecting Warner for the uh, for the Ashes tour? And the worrying thing is, if they do select Dave Warner, which I think is still probably more likely than not for him to go on the Ashes tour in a few months' time, but if he doesn't succeed, how many tests do you give him in England before you have to make that change anyway? Uh, as you said, 200 in Melbourne, that was uh, very good, but... Uh, since then and before that has struggled. Thank you, Greenkeeping Rooster. Your thoughts on that? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or open line number is uh, oh sorry oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number if you want to get in touch this morning. Uh, just on cricket as well and talking about the Sydney Test, a lot of talk about over the past few weeks about Adelaide wanting to steal the Sydney Test. We know. Uh, that the Sydney Test has been plagued by rain a bit over the past uh, few years, and we know Australia had to try, uh, South Australia uh, tried to steal it, but it is understood Cricket Australia has made it clear to New South Wales power brokers that this won't be happening. Uh, so the departed uh, venues New South Wales boss Tony Shepherd last week announced he was leaving his post as the most influential figure in New South Wales sport, but not before being assured that the jewel in the crown for Sydney's sporting calendar is secure from the clutches of Adelaide. He said it will never happen. New South Wales is absolutely vital to Australian cricket. New South Wales is too important to the game in terms of the number of players produced for test level and the size of the market. The Sydney's New Year's test is more than just a test. It's an iconic event which serves an inspiration for young people and juniors to play the game. He also said the New Year's test helps to maintain and grow the great game. Quite simply, New South Wales is too important to the game. Uh, very modest there from Tony Shepherd, uh, But yeah, I don't think uh, it was ever going to go anywhere else other than Sydney, despite the rain. And I know it is annoying. I, I suppose, though, if it continues over the next two or three years to be plagued by rain, then maybe... Uh, they'll, always, they'll say something then, but I can't. I just can't see it uh, leaving. Bad news for the Manly Sea Eagles uh, and Serbian Sea Eagle has said a text. I'll get to that uh, in a second. But they've been whacked on the eve of this season through an injury to rising 5'8", Josh Schuster. Uh, now, it could signal the elevation of Cooper Johns, son of uh, our very own Matty Johns, uh, to be playing in round one. Uh, Schuster, the 5'8", who will replace Kieran Four in this season, has a calf injury and will miss Manly's massive round one game against Canterbury next weekend. It's understood he sustained the injury in last night's win, uh, last Friday night's win over the Roosters. A Manly media statement read MRI scans on Tuesday afternoon confirmed the calf injury that will see him miss Manly's match against the Canterbury Bulldogs at Four Pines Park on Saturday, March 4. With the Sea Eagles having a bye in round two, Schuster should be available for the round three match against Parramatta at Four Pines Park. So a bit of an early injury blow for Manly, but hopefully they will be able to uh, get by with Cooper Johns, who's a very good player in himself, and uh, Schuster will be back in round three. And a few more question marks on the future of Daniel Tupo uh, for the Roosters as well. Being a great servant for the Roosters over many years, but we know it looks likely they're going to sign Dom Young from the Newcastle Knights. Uh, he's 32 years old now, uh, Daniel Tupo, and he's going to have to think about staying at the Roosters 
uh, maybe for less money. Uh, it would be a very intimidating backline if he did stay at the Roosters with Dom Young there. Or entertain a big money move to the Super League or Japanese rugby. Uh, he's been a great player for a very long time, Daniel Turpo. It will be interesting to see if he does stay with the Roosters or go to Super League or Japanese rugby. We'll take a break. Uh, on the other side of this, we might have a chat with Vossi. It is 12 minutes to 6 in New South Wales, 12 to 5 in Queensland. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. Yeah, good to have your company on this Wednesday morning. Uh, text here from Serbian Seagull on 0457 736 736 saying Ponga and Moses on this, uh, so Caelan Ponga and Mitchell Moses, on the same money as Nathan Cleary shows how short-sighted NRL teams still are, not on the same planet, that from the Serbian Seagull. So, yes, that's in reference to uh, Mitchell Moses looking like he's going to stay with the paramaterials. If you're just waking up and turning the radio on and haven't heard this news, looks like he's likely to reject uh, the offer to go to the West Tigers, which is worth a lot of money, uh, to uh, stay at the Parramatta Eels, probably until uh, he retires. Uh, so it's a... A good get for Mitchell Moses, or for Parramatta Eels, um, Mitchell Moses, 28 years of age, uh, looking at, uh, I think it was $1.25 million a season, uh, which is, will make him one of the highest paid players in the NRL, alongside the likes of Nathan Cleary and Caitlin Ponga. Uh, well, you're right, but, uh, yeah, interesting. Now, a stack of texts have just come through right now, so uh, let's just quickly... Uh, go through them. Uh, now, firstly, uh, from uh, the Oval Treeman. Hi, Dan. The saddest sporting retirement I can recall was Magic Johnson forced into retirement due to HIV. He was only 31 and in the prime of his career. Uh, we can only wonder what another eight or ten years might have produced that from the Oval Treeman. Thank you, Yeovil Treeman. Uh, Matt, in terms of Ange Postacoglu, he says, uh, Leeds have signed a new manager. His name is uh, Javi Gracia. If he keeps them up, he will keep the job. Well, yes, uh, he is in charge for the rest of the season. And you're probably right. If he, if they keep Leeds there, they probably don't want to get rid of him. So there's still lots to come with his Ange Postacoglu story, but it will be uh, interesting. Uh, Gary says, hi, uh, Dan. Biggest upsets has to be the rumble in the jungle. Big George was odds on. Hope Ange stays at Celtic. He can break records. Well, yeah, he certainly could. And he's doing a great job at Celtic. As I said, in a pub in Glasgow a few months back, uh, the first thing uh, the guy said when they saw that we were Australian, he said, you know, Ange Postacoglu. So he's made names uh, there. Iron Bronco says, uh, yes, uh, same thing. Uh, Javi Garcia, we'll see if he is still there uh, for the rest of, uh, well, definitely for the rest of the season if he goes further. And this from the Chookman. Hi, Dan. If we replace Warner, we need to have a decent replacement. Bancroft, surely not Ren sure who else is putting their hand up. Uh, good point. Very good point. Thank you for all those texts that came in very, very late. Vossi came into the studio, left some donuts and has disappeared. But uh, coming up on The Breakfast Show will be Cameron Serraldo after the Bulldogs season launch and Adam Collins talking all things cricket as well. That'll be with Vossi and James Magnuson. Uh, some lovely looking donuts there as well. Patton Hills coming along at 6am local time at uh, Queensland. Thank you, Vossi. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning from 5am. Andrew Mental, my special guest.